This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. What a opening to a show, a very smooth, cool opening to a show, because we have a very smooth and cool guest. <laughs> Do you like that segue? Yeah. We have with us the uh, one and only Daniel Lawrence Taylor. I think that you're the one and only. No, there's actually another one in America who is a convicted paedophile. <laughs> is that true? true story true story amazing and, well um, um and that's not the only thing you and he share is it <laughs> no that's common? true that is true that is true <laughs> daniel here with us good friend of the show good friend of mine you'll know him from of course how not to live your life from <laughs> uncle from cockroaches but started this week on itv2 time wasters <laughs> that was your first choice of song but what instrument was that was that that was a trumpet Trump? no wait, that was wait. a trumpet no no i'm sure I know, it sounds like a saxophone, actually. Yeah, it does. Oh, God. I mean, I don't I know, know my this. brass. I'm not an expert, but that didn't sound like a trumpet to me. Yeah, you're right, actually. I feel quite disappointed now because I could have sworn it was a trumpet. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's Winter Marcellus who is the person playing it. It's Branford Marcellus. Brand- oh. Which is a weird, it's sort of not Brandon or Bradford. It's Brandon. Oh. Brand- anyway, Brandon. what film is that from? It's from Do the Right Thing which is a Spike Lee joint. My producer's my... saying in my ear, it's definitely a saxophone. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's what she's saying. Damn it. Damn. I know. When you said, As soon as you said it, I was like playing it in my head, and I was like, that is definitely a saxophone. Well, what's really embarrassing for you is mm-hmm. not only have you picked a song that means something to you, the yeah. film means something to you, and you yeah. don't know the instrument, but you're also currently starring in a show about a brass band. Yes, sir. So you've done zero research into the instruments that you've written about, have you? Yes, sir. <laughs> no. I know, it's quite embarrassing actually. But didn't you learn an uh, instrument? I did, the trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know the difference between <laughs> the sounds. This is uh, getting worse I know. <laughs> you need to dig yourself out of some to holes To be fair, here. I am kind of tone deaf. Not massively, but like I can't really tell the difference between different brass instruments very well. Okay. If an instrument sounds really, really beautiful, I assume it's a trumpet. What made you play the trumpet or l- try to learn it? Several reasons. I've always wanted to learn how to play an instrument. And then I went to a concert. It was like a festival and it was Speech to Bell was playing. And she was amazing, but she also had a trumpeter in the background. And I was like, God, you're incredible. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn the trumpet. And then normally I always say that with all instruments. But this time I was like, no, I'm actually going to do it. So I contacted the trumpet teacher the very next day and I said, can you teach me? And he said, yes. Was it as difficult as learning to drive? What was more difficult? Because you learned to drive as an adult like I did, which is a horrible... I know. Any kids listening, any young people, any teenagers, learn to drive as soon as possible. Because when you do it Uh, in your 30s, it is the most horrific thing in the world. Well, only because you don't like someone telling you what to do. Like, when you're a child, it's all right. Well, because you're used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you've ever known. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But suddenly, 20 years later, you're going, what what, what do you mean I'm wrong? (laughs) 
And then they talk to you like you're 16 as yeah. well. Like if I ask a question, it says, well, what do you... Th-? I'm like, don't go through this. Just give me the answer. Yeah. Don't. I don't want to learn. I just want the answer. Yeah. And I think that's where we had most of our problems. And, and that's why I parked up once and just jumped out of the car. And I was like, I am not getting back in this car. And he was like, wow. all right, Daniel, calm down. And I don't even think I parked up. I was like in the middle of that's the road. That's amazing. I know. That's how much I hate learning. But weirdly with trumpet, I'm much... I uh, I had an Irish guy teach me. We did a crash course in eight days. He actually had such a, a soft sort of inaudible accent that we'd be driving along and he'd go, now turn to the right, turn to the right. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> well, you have to speak clearer. We're about to die. <laughs> well, my driving teacher, he rang up. I wanted to bet my money because he was an awful teacher. And then I kept on like sending him messages. And I said, well, I'm going to have to get, get in contact with your head office. And then he rang me up and he said, don't you dare threaten me, you FNC word. Don't you dare alert. And it was literally me shouting at him. And me and him shouting at one another, calling wow. each other the FNC over Did he and over say again. FNC word or the actual no, word? No, the actual. Because I'd love it if someone in the absolute yeah. <laughs> height of anger still censored themselves like that. <laughs> you, How dare you <laughs> FNC word? <laughs> what? I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Oh, wow. Well, look, we haven't just uh, got you in to talk about driving um, lessons and oh, uh, trumpet uh, lessons, oh, I'm afraid. Leave. Sorry. Okay. No, that's fine. We should really plug your new show, Time Wasters. Okay. Which started this week. How'd yeah. it go down? So it started yesterday and it went down really, well. Really this, well, this goes out on Friday. So, okay, uh, yeah. So it started, started on, on Monday. Monday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five whole days ago. Yeah, wow, yeah. it seems like it was just I yesterday. Know. It went down really, really well. Like, yeah. Loads of people got some good responses. The figures have been amazing. Yeah. Got a lovely message from the commissioner this morning saying, congratulations, couldn't be happier. So, yeah. So, it's all good. So far, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you describe the show for people that haven't... I know. The, the, why there would be anyone that doesn't know what it is yet. No, I mean... It's been I've, five whole days. I know, exactly. <laughs> I just feel like everyone should know this yeah. by now. If it's not the new Mrs. Brown's boys, I don't know. <laughs> how would you describe the show? Um, so, it is about an all-black jazz band that goes back in time to the 1920s. And it's about their adventures as they not only try to get home, but also live amongst 1920s people yeah. and their misadventures. And and how uh, did you come up with something like this? The origin was, I saw like loads of like gang shows like Plebs and Inbetweeners and Drifters, and they were all doing really well. And I thought, wouldn't it be quite cool to do one with like a black gang? Mm-hmm. Obviously not like... Not a gang. Not the gang that you usually yeah. see on TV, with black <laughs> people in them. But like a group of friends. And then I thought... And a I group learned, and a gang are very different d- yeah, things, yeah, 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 yeah. A squad. No, yeah. a crew. No. <laughs> Friends, some black friends, and I was learning the trumpet at the time. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they were like a jazz band? I was like, oh, should I say it in the 1920s? And even then, I was a bit like, mm, yeah, it's all right. And I thought, what if they went back in time? Before you had the back in time idea, and mm-hmm. you went, what if I say in the 20s? Mm-hmm. In London, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there many black people in London in the 1920s? Weirdly enough, there's loads. Not in my show, because I kind yeah, of lie. Yeah, because that's quite a good or, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you'd ruin the <laughs> but, joke, Well, you? I think so many people, like the historian, uh, his name is, is it David Olasoga? Olas- yeah, Olasoga. He, I mean, he's going to be very pissed when he watches it because right. his whole thing at the moment is trying to let people know that there were loads of black people since the Roman times in Britain. And I've kind but of gone... Loads? A lot, a lot. More than we think. Yeah, much more than we think because the Roman Empire was so vast. 
So like there were people of all shades, colors and whatnot. So in London, there were actually quite a lot of black people. But yeah, just for comic effect, I decided to make as the only black people yeah. in London. Well, also, I think that's a fair understanding of the world that we have is that there is, if four black people suddenly appeared in a street in 1920, that that would be quite shocking for the well, that's a weird thing. It wouldn't have been. No, it wouldn't actually been that shocking. So I kind of play more on the fact that I know, I know. But I think I, I want p- more proof on this. <laughs> yeah. I need I, to see more black people in old black and white photos. I need proof. On I, this. Well, I play on the fact that that tends to be the common thing in TV shows. Yeah. So like when you watch Down Abbey and stuff like that, there's only been like one black person in it. So I kind of play that. But my, my understanding is genuinely it was the 1950s with the Windrush. That's when stuff. there were more. That's yeah. when there were more. But it wouldn't have been shocking. And also, like, London was like, it's a capital. So lots and lots of people yeah. would have. And also, like, obviously with jazz and art and like the, there, there were, were people there just, were lots of black people except there were it. like guests <laughs> like you're, you're fine but it's your own show you're, you're gonna ruin eventually <laughs> but no i think i just thought i'd kind of play that for comic effect yeah and also it isn't just that they're black it's the cultural stuff and the fashion and the Precisely. yeah technology and all that sort Precisely. of stuff yeah do you now are you okay with because obviously i know we we go i was gonna say way back but we know <laughs> quite, quite, quite back. far about ten, 10 years. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Oh, should we kiss? Oh, should we? <laughs> <laughs> That's only more like, you know, when you stretch a, some, a balloon maker. <laughs> Shaping some animals. Hey, Do that again? That's how I kiss. Oh, all right. Accept right, it. I know that you had a bit of adjustment period for the title because for yes. a long time it was Black to the Future, which yeah, I, I, I adored. I know. I think that kind of what solidified the idea. Like I was like, well, maybe they could go back in time. And I was like, oh, maybe I could write that. And then I came up with Black to the Future, and I'm like, I'm definitely doing the show. Yeah, 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 it's, it's done. It's I'm just selling the title, which I kind of did because you were the first person to ever see that script. Yeah. I sent it to you before I sent it out to anyone. So I, you were the first person you yeah, ever saw Yeah, people it. can thank me. And I said yeah. to you, there's legs in this. Yeah, yeah you yeah. did. I did say there were more black people back then, so be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you might get criticized for that. But you like, refused to. No, I flat out refused. I think I punched you. Didn't I punch you? No, I just thought it was such a wonderfully unique and bold idea and sort of a bit so out there that it was... In fact, I won't, we won't say the name of the person, but I remember the first actual like tv person you sent it to mm-hmm. i think it might be at the british broadcasting corporation <laughs> I, d- I can't remember i won't say but anyway i do remember you saying yeah said so did you get a response and they went yeah they sort of said that they'd seen it before <laughs> like it seemed like an old idea or something i'm like what four black people go back in time to 1920s Vic- not Victorian, but Edwardian, I would imagine, or something. <laughs> London, and they're a jazz band, and they're trying... Oh, yeah, God, I've seen it. That's on every other week, isn't it? T- to be fair, I do see it a lot. Do like, Yeah, it's littered. Like, those are the three main things. Flat shares, workplace, and black jazz bands that go back in time. Like, yeah. those are the three shows yeah. that I think... Yeah. British comedy is really good at doing, but there's white middle class families, yeah, yeah, white middle class families, flat shares, <laughs> shares, and time traveling <laughs> black jazz bands, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. I'm so tired, I'm tired, but luckily, there was luckily there was room for one more, yeah. So, I think like after my one, in, yeah, got it under the radar. You're a little bit younger than me, but you'll remember all these shows as well, obviously. But when I was like in my teens and as a kid and stuff, it seemed to me like there were a, quite a lot of 
brilliant black shows on, right? Yeah. Like Desmond's yep. and the real McCoy. Mm-hmm. I know you and I have talked about Robbie G. G and mm-hmm. who was the guy who had a bit of a... Eddie Nestor. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, even, obviously, Lenny Henry, which is like the, the sort of almost like go-to joke to talk about a black talent or mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, he had his sketch shows, but also Delbert Wilkins and Chef and stuff. Why is there less black shows 20 years <laughs> later than yeah. there I mean, there's surely there's more black people. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, surprisingly, in London, there's not that many black people. No, joking. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's actually there were loads back in the twenties, and now no, none. There's hardly any. I think there's me and Lenny and yeah. Stephen Kamos, and that's but, it. And, yeah, uh, but Lenny's on stage now, so yeah, exactly. You know, so like, more room for me and Stephen Kamos. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't know, which is so odd. But I think people were just like afraid, and I don't know why. But I think it's just like, oh, we don't know black culture, so we dare not put it on screen they're just stories yeah. stories like I mean, any other stories I was a white kid from suburban London and I I used to love Desmond yeah like Henry so many people did real, yeah real McCoy and stuff I was actually listening to an interview with Chris Rock last night and he said he thinks part of the secret of his success as a crossover artist was that he didn't water down his views on like black culture and white culture and, and it was very much mm. like people were like we want to hear this guy's take on the world it oh, wasn't wow. like he was like going to be all safe and yeah, yeah, and yeah, sort yeah. of middle class and, and try and water it down because he was desperate for a white audience it just happened because people can tell when something's yeah awful. but also as well like I suppose he gets away with it a lot more because in America I think that people are much more open about talking about race whereas in we, Britain people don't like to talk about race it's funny isn't it because yeah. they've got a lot of race issues yeah so they're talking is, about it but they're not doing anything about it this is weird and I think like the show is that Luckily, it's set in the 1920s, so there's a bit of distance, so people can yeah. kind of laugh at it, and it's a different type of racism. But I don't think I'd be able to get away with a lot of the jokes if I set it present day, Yeah, yeah. because uh, I think people will start to get quite uncomfortable. You must have got to a point when you were started writing it where you were like, oh, now I have to do the whole, like, old ye oldie London stuff as well. Yeah. And did you watch stuff? Did you... Yeah, so my script editor, Baronka, she was really, really good. Like, she loves that time. So she co-wrote Underbeat with Julia mm-hmm. Davis. And so she was very good at that language. So when I first started, I was doing, like, Down and Abbey talk where everyone was just, just posh people. Yeah. And she was a bit like... Mm, that's not really how people have spoken in the 20s. Yeah. And then she just kind of sent me away and kind of told me to read books and watch certain things like Bright Young Things and a lot of Evelyn Way novels and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just to kind of get a grasp of the language and stuff like that. Yeah. It was, I remember it was, she, I'm a big fan of, of Barunka's stuff. She used to do these shows with Lucy Montgomery and James Bartman where at uh, the Edinburgh Festival where they would, Barunka O'Shaughnessy. My producer is just like, what's her surname? <laughs> she, I, I'm always being told off for not being, for saying people's surnames. Like, because it's an in club. Oh, <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Anyway, so uh, I, she used to do these shows, the three of them, and they would take famous cult movies, give them a female spin. So it was oh, like yeah. The Wicker Man, they did The Wicker Woman, oh, yeah. uh, Gladiator became Gladiatrix, The yeah. Elephant Man, Elephant Woman. And that one, because it was set in Victorian London, was they just really got the language down really oh, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, I can imagine. Really funny. And now the Hollywood's cottoned on and they're remaking stuff and putting women in them so Barunka oh. was so ahead of the yeah. time yeah oh. so ahead of I'm the time I'm hoping she's getting paid for that yeah <laughs> did you enjoy writing it I mean I know the answer <laughs> <laughs> um it was an interesting process no it had its ups and downs because you've but, written a lot before like for live stuff uh, yeah with your act Ginger, yeah Ginger I've written shorts as well a lot yeah. of theatre stuff but television is slightly different it's not just you it's like you've got producers execs 
more execs channels like you've got a lot more of people producers. to kind of yeah yeah to please and so um so it can be tricky to kind of navigate and also as well like when sometimes they commission a pilot and it's like here commission a pilot just get to us whenever you want and then you do it and they're like oh this is great can we have the rest by next wednesday and <laughs> then you've just got to like bang out all these scripts in a yeah. short space of time i think that's where some of the stress comes from as well as like numerous other places well, having worked with you you used to love being on set so much <laughs> you were like the happiest man in the world there's free food you get driven <laughs> yeah. in you hang out with your mates yeah it's just you love it and then when you started doing your own show it was like i've never seen a man on the verge of a breakdown <laughs> quite like you it was like who is that you're the happiest guy in the world and you look like you want to kill yourself i know i realize it's because like i was where i was working i was working at big talk luckily they give me a basement like a room yeah which is lovely because a lot of production companies don't but it is in a basement and there are like grates on the windows so it does look like a prison cell and because it's the basement you don't see anyone you just see feet mm. all day every day and it was during the winter so i'd get there when it was dark i'd leave when it was dark and then you're also in a room a lot of the time by yourself just typing out a computer because it's winter you don't even see ankles yeah no, yeah exactly just, <laughs> just feet just and feet and just shoes and, and so you felt trousers. like it was because you know obviously i write and it's it can be painful can't yeah. it just yeah, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when you're not feeling it did you do proper office hours i tried to yeah yeah, yeah yeah i tried to but then sometimes i'd overrun and also like i think because with acting when you're on set it has to be done like you have to complete yeah, no room it. for procrastination yeah exactly right? like and not only that but like if i'm hired as an actor and it's not completed it's not my problem <laughs> so <laughs> as soon as six o'clock comes Team it, player. Uh, yeah, Team. yeah yeah oh yeah without a doubt as soon as six o'clock comes and you've not got everything that you needed yeah that's no longer my problem that's your problem i'm jumping in my car and say <laughs> goodbye and also there's a sense of completion as well like at the end of each day you do feel like you've completed a full day because with writing you never really complete a day there's always stuff to be done yeah. and even once you finish doing the scripts and handing them in and it's time to start filming them. They're still not completed. Well, They're see, just like the best that they could be in that space of time. And also at no point do you actually get that feeling of like, yay, this is funny or this works. Because mm. when you do single character, like if it's not in front of an audience, you write a show for six months and you rehearse it and you film like you're so bored of the jokes. Yeah. Then you film it, then you edited it for months and you're like, I don't uh, even know if this thing's funny. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, even like you're obviously <laughs> pleased with the way it's been like met with uh, responses on Monday night. There's still a part of you that, ha well, you haven't really heard people, ordinary punters laughing at your material that you <laughs> broke your soul <laughs> writing. Do you know what I mean? It's I know, like, I know. It does. God, it's draining. Why are you reminding me of Sorry. this? I was Sorry. in like a high from yesterday. Yeah. Like... All right, well, I'm going to bring you down <laughs> even more. I wrote a character which you played. I wrote you in two seasons and a Christmas special of my yes, show. You, yes, you did. We had a lot of fun on that mm. show. You were great in that. I felt like I was a big part of why your career took I off. Think so. No, genuinely, though. <laughs> you didn't call me once about this show. I you asked me to read a script, yeah. give you notes for free. No, didn't you get that phone call? Like, I called... Who did I, was it you or your agent? <laughs> or I don't think you would have called my agent directly. Oh, maybe it was like a, I sent a pigeon? <laughs> oh, I did see a pigeon. Yeah, there we go. I didn't do there anything about it. <laughs> I thought maybe he still just resents the fact that I made him white up like uh, as <laughs> Mel Gibson. Yeah. Which but is a sort of quite a complicated... <laughs> 
considering what we now know about Mel. Yeah, I know. Uh, but to be fair, I white up in my show, in this okay. show as well. I don't know what is with me and whiting up, but, <laughs> but I do, do quite look beautiful. Look. I know. I just, I love, you I just like love being white. Like, people like respect me, keep yeah. offering me jobs. <laughs> like, I just feel like I move up the social ladder. You so can quickly. hail a cab in the street. Yeah, God, I can't believe it. No, to be honest, I would have loved to have so many more friends into the show but it didn't turns out you couldn't even find enough black people <laughs> to <know>. put in <laughs> the main four because they all left since the 20s <laughs> it was such a tricky thing I think the only person I was able to squeeze in was a friend of mine who was an actor and yeah he like had to audition like twice and he was the only one everyone else like had to kind of go through the process yeah series two it's a great when cast I, by when the I have way. so much power when I yeah. have power and I'm like yeah, thriving yeah, yeah. off of it I'll let's wait it. and see how the second episode yeah. does yeah <laughs> or third because two went out didn't yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you did cast it really well that's a great cast the main four including yeah. yourself thank you lad. yeah really good just on a quick note though you know the episode that you were in of my show with the posh girl one posh yes Featuring you, mm-hmm. Jessica Nappett, and yep. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I feel like people come to me if they want to be more successful <laughs> than me. <laughs> it's like, I'll give you a career, but uh, you go off, you fly. We've got uh, your own series. Yeah, that's true. All yeah. because of you. Wow. We were all in the same scene together. You had some good times on that show. I remember because I, I was, was so busy. I was always like, I'd look over and see you lot all having a blast. <laughs> no, I'd be like, oh man. Honestly, like, I want to be with that gang. I kind of, I realized how nice it is just to be an actor with no responsibilities because you can just like be in a scene and if something's not working like you would have had time to like look at it the day before or like suggest stuff but then at the end of the day it's not for you to impose stuff but when you're the writer as well as performer you're not only doing your own thing like you're having to look this was the first job that I've been so like I was so underprepared as a, as a performer as a mean? performer yeah because yeah. like, you focus so <laughs> I was the same because I'd been focusing on the writing so much I was literally waking up in the morning going I don't know the lines yeah. of any of these scenes <laughs> and just hoping that we you know we had to block it enough yeah. that it would get in do you, you have any act just straight because I know you appeared in Uncle regularly and you had Cockroaches which um, sadly didn't come back but yeah. do you have any shows coming out or, or gigs coming up that's just you as a performer no weirdly enough I was like on my like spot like my actor CV and I realised like my own show is the only thing I've done this year like it was yeah. a bit weird because I'm so used to like doing different bits and bobs but it's just taken over my life really and then I've also had like other commissions so I've kind of gone into writer's mode I don't even know if I remember how to audition to be honest Yeah, uh, which is a a bit weird but it's all exciting times like as much as it upsets me that I'm not just like out acting and stuff what's lovely is that I'm creating enough stuff of my own in the hope of like continue yeah. to perform in that way so yeah good luck with the rest of the show man thanks love it's, I'm so happy for you cheers have you watched it I've seen the pilot okay <laughs> <laughs> no of course I was gonna it? watch uh, I was gonna watch them this week oh, okay yeah Remember, it's Friday, oh, so yeah, you've yeah. only got a couple more days. Uh, uh, yeah, I watched it yesterday <laughs> or Wednesday. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> We're both going to a screening tonight, so it won't be today. I'm very much looking forward to it. I love the pilot. Thank you, love. Yeah. I know you do. I know you do. So, just before we say goodbye to you, you're going to tell us what your guilty pleasure is. This is what we get all our guests to do, is pick something that maybe people would be surprised that you're a fan of. What did you pick for us? I picked Reign of Fire, which is a film with Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. and Christine in Bale and it is set in London 2020 and it's about <laughs> a bunch of dragons <laughs> this is pre the McConaughey 
sons or whatever they used to, yeah. when McConaughey was reinvented as a serious Oscar actor. Yeah. Right? This was in his sort of dark days. Yeah. 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 However, he, he gives the same performance yeah. that he gives in know, everything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it just but it was wasn't... like pre-hype. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough, like, I'm calling it my guilty pleasure. I genuinely think it's a great film. Do other people think it's bad? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. People think it's a terrible film. Really? And it was a massive flop as well. Yeah, yeah. And people said, how could this film ever be made? Whereas I genuinely love it. I also think the reason why I love it is because I like anything with dragons in it. Are you serious? Genuinely. Anything? I, well, dragons, dinosaurs, all of that stuff. Right, okay. I'm a big fan. Jurassic Park is my favourite film. However, Jurassic Park is an amazing film like that. Do you like all the sequels? Yes. So you do just love dinosaurs. I just love you? dinosaurs. What other dinosaur movies are there? The There's Land Before Time. Do you remember yeah, that? the Land Before Time, which is a classic, <laughs> which is brilliant. We actually had uh, someone. I think it was Will Sharp, maybe. I can't remember who it was. There was someone picked the Land Before yeah, Time. But that is actually actually a great film, though. Well, you say that. I couldn't remember the film, but oh, I'd never thought of it. And then you know, I saw in an email saying, "Oh, Will." I think it was Will has picked this film. And I went, "Oh yeah, I sort of remember that." So I went back and watched it. And it's like for a kids' film, for an yeah. animated film. Fucking boring. <laughs> wow. Don't okay. you think? I've not seen it in years, but I loved it. But to be fair, that's yeah. animated yeah. dinosaurs. I prefer... You prefer live action dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm loving Game of you Thrones. You do know that in dinosaurs Jurassic Park... Yeah. Sorry, what? Jurassic Park, they're not... All right, let's... No, 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 no. I don't want to be the one. No, no, no. I don't want to be the bearer bad news. Well, I can in see <laughs> in your eyes that look, this could hurt you. Look, are you trying to say that, like, dragons... CGI. Right, so we... um What? <laughs> so, but you love what? Rain of Fire, yes. And I do. you would you urge people to watch it? Oh yeah, it's a great film. It's okay. like it's really fun. It's entertaining. There's some great, <laughs> great performances you're, in it. You're losing but confidence. <laughs> in this, I know because you give me a funny look. Apparently, Gerard Butler's in it. I don't know. Yes, if that yes, you a, he's a in it as well, and he's very good. But their kind of performances are like they're not fancy. Yeah. performances they're, they're not just Oscar like, worthy no, performances no, no, no. But the, what about the dragons are they Oscar worthy they are yeah. they've done a really good job with those yeah do you know here's a little uh, quick little story before we go when I was a kid I believed that Yoda from the Star Wars films was real actually real I thought it was what? a real thing why? I didn't know it was a puppet. At some point in my adult life, I remembered that I used to think it was real. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, can you imagine if he was? He'd be on talk shows just like complaining <laughs> about being typecast and <laughs> he can't get any other work. It'd be amazing. Daniel, such a pleasure. I could have, we could have just shot the shit for ages, couldn't we? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I hope that the show not only does well, but gets recommissioned. Well, I say I hope it does. That, that would be inflicting pain on you because you'd have to write it. <laughs> I think the thing. second time around it'd be it will more fun yeah yeah because yeah. i know the process thank you so much here's a little piece of music that you pick you pick two very short pieces of music this one is from eternal sunshine of a spotless mind a big fan of the film massive yeah fan. it's a great yeah. film isn't it and this is by john bryan who i'm also a big fan of as a musician in his own right thank you daniel thank you So that was uh, John Bryan. Beautiful piece of music from a beautiful movie starring Jim Carrey, who is having an interesting time in the media lately, giving some wonderfully bizarre interviews. Quite like Jim, if you're up for it, we'd love to interview you, and we'll talk about the ego and the self and everything. Our next guest today, we have two guests today, this is amazing. Our next guest is a great actor who is currently starring in the show Upstart Crow on BBC Two. You'll recognise him from Toast of London, of course, Paddington the movie, Skins, 
This is Jintzy, Plebs, Miranda, to name a few. This is the first of his two choice of songs today. This is Maple Song by The Wicker Man. The Maple Song from The Wicker Man. Tim, thank Mm. you for joining us. What made you pick that particular song? Well, it's without a doubt one of my favourite films. I love it. Absolutely adore it. And it, bizarrely, has a nice family connection, as my wife's cousin wrote it. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's wheeled out on most Christmases when everyone's gone to bed going, let's all watch The Wicker Man. That is such a cool thing, because amongst the comedy fraternity especially... Mm. People love this film. Oh, yeah. There's such a cult, loyal fan base for it, isn't there? Oh, God, yeah. So that's, like, better than, you know, the fact that you related to the person who wrote it, that's better than, like, so many other films. Exactly. And I wheel that out on most occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you say, The Wicker Man? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, well, well, you know, um, we, um, well, let me just say, if I well, may. Was she slightly deranged? Or is that a politically incorrect uh, thing to say? She's part of a small island cult <laughs> um, that uh, jumps over flames naked. Which was, you know, when you first see that, you think, that's the girl for me. Yeah. That's, that's how I want to And also, roll. amazing that she got a film finance being from such a remote... I think that's obviously the way it's yeah, going. All yeah. the new BBC setups. Yeah. Um, I well, think it's all yeah. good to... Uh, to Kickstarter uh, thing, was Absolutely. Because <laughs> obviously a lot of people were not very happy about the remake. That's true. I imagine that you and your close circle of people were particularly not... We were furious. Yeah. Did you actually burn effigies of Nicolas Cage in response? Or? Well, we, we dug out all the other effigies of Nicolas Cage that we had previously <laughs> burnt and then reburnt them. Oh, just wow. To, uh, okay. To, there had already been really, a hatred there'd all, of... There had already been a, a burning. And still to this day, no one's seen it. Just sheer out of like, you do not bring that into the house. Yeah. You've heard about the bees, right? You've heard about the yeah, bees, yeah, yeah, don't bring those into the house. <laughs> well, that's such a brilliant fact. I'm pretty envious of that, actually. Now, you're uh, currently starring in Upstart Crow. Mm-hmm. I say starring in. You're a part of a wonderful yes, ensemble. Part of a troupe. Is this the first kind of studio audience type of show you've done? Before, or have you done... No, I have done others. I've done little you, bits on Miranda. Yeah. I did that. I did... One of the very first jobs I ever did was, was a, a show called Conjugal Rights, mm-hmm. which is many, many, many moons ago. And a really with, catchy title. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I had Gwen Taylor and then the guy who was then in... Oh, you don't look name? old Stephen. enough to have been in a show with I literally popped up and said, hello. That was the kind of the gag. I was the rogue boyfriend oh, that kind of comes okay. and they go, oh, look at him. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, as you sit in front of me now, you kind of go, how could anybody <laughs> look at you and think, <laughs> am, I'm, I'm, I'm not fit for my daughter, goodness uh, yeah, me. Absolutely. Look at you, your rogue with your motorbike and your leather jacket. <laughs> was that the whole that was, the shebang? Was that it? was the setup of that really? entire, entire episode. I did a thing in... In my family years you know like 11 12 years ago i went in to read for a part they offered me the part then they said oh the part's gone but would you play this other part we're just sort of fixing the script and i was like Look, I, you know i'm not gonna lie i need the money i'll do it absolutely uh, turned up i had no lines but i was being paid <laughs> actors fees it was like the weirdest job and i had to be there every day for a week for a part oh, that sit had no watching right. everybody yeah. else do stuff do stuff wow there was a strange atmosphere on that set, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's fun, right, doing a show in front of an audience? Yeah, it's enormous fun yeah. and absolutely terrifying. You think it gets better, it doesn't. Really? It's you find still it as nerve-wracking. Because you forget your lines or well, that's what the people worry, laugh? You, or? Well, you've got that thing of, Ben, right, they're quite long scenes. Yeah. So there's part of you that thinks... Well, this is like a play. So therefore, if I go on and forget my lines and this is a play, I look an idiot. So don't forget your lines. So there's that kind of, oh, God, there's that worry. And because it's so ensemble that if one of you drops the ball, it's like, oh, he's dropped the ball again, hasn't he? Can't remember that word. It's that silly word again. (laughs) And so it does 
put a kind of pressure on you, which is ridiculous because you can just stop. And most of the audience are there just to see you mess up and yeah. just, you know, there's nothing funnier than seeing David dressed as Shakespeare saying shit. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a funny they do thing. Love it. They, they love absolutely it. love it. It's and annoying it, as well it, when you it, put all that work into yeah. it and you're like, oh, they just laugh and the fuck up and say shit. Yeah. They go, ah, oh, and the audience relaxes. Then suddenly go, oh, right, yeah it's, yeah, it's all right. But yeah, so all that, that It's almost easier. Well, uh, this is what I think. It's almost easier if you're like the, the, the sort of the main star of the show or the lead. Because mm. sometimes the pressure of not being in the first couple of scenes and you're right right I've got to go on in a minute you mm. can overthink it oh, to the point where oh. you walk on and all you've got is a couple of lines in that scene and you, for some reason you oh. fuck it up don't you yeah that is the worst thing when you're in the first when you're first up that's great you get, you get one under the belt you're back in the green room and that's mm. fine but Mark Mark Heap had did a lot of his pre-records so he would only have a very few so he would go a couple of weeks without actually doing a live so the mm. build up everyone going oh, it's very nerve wracking out there oh it's a bit of mm, well you know we'll see you know it's very tricky Oh, with the lo- and he would get v- quite kind of oh god oh god oh god really yeah. that's quite a good impression would, thank you yeah. thank you it's, 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 you've been working on I that I have been working on that <laughs> for the past few years that one so you would have great fun of just kind of ribbing him especially because he would have quite malevolent things and would always back out of a door yeah. and would not always get it right first time <laughs> walk into many things he's got a sword it's very tricky yeah. it's very tricky this acting thing yeah well with all the costume and everything <laughs> you've got costume to wear. to think about armory uh, people don't realize what was the mood like because i know obviously ben elton has had somewhat of a slightly trickier reputation mm. in the last not for, for anything he's done particularly but like for some reason there's been a bit of a weird backlash mm. on him and it feels like this show is a hit and that mm. people love it. But was there like, because I think he did a show a couple of years ago and people just went for him for it. I don't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. And I'm pleased because, you know, not only did I grow up with Ben Elton and mm. that whole scene, I do get a bit annoyed when people f- seem to be unfairly like, you know, criticized or like yeah. judged in a certain way. And I, and also the form, the the... the live studio sitcom form it's like it's i still believe in it i think there's a it's a you big can make good shows yeah it's a big big thing like there's there's so many enormous american sitcoms that are done in front of a live studio audience and they are some of the biggest hits yeah. biggest in the world but for some reason we just don't seem to kind of want to do them in that way and i think this is good because it's shakespeare it's plays it kind of suits that being in front of an audience, you know, that yeah. suspension of disbelief and and the I performance it, style, and the performance and the, yeah, style yeah. and the costumes and all of that, and I think it all kind of feeds in very yeah. well. And uh, yeah, it's great to see Ben back, back on form. form. Yeah, back definitely. Form, is, yeah, so was joy. there were, were people excited about it? Was there like, will this work? Because obviously shows like you know Miranda and Mrs. Brown's Boys, when it's really broad, big mm. stuff, mm. we know that they they get the audiences. But when you're trying to do something a little bit. I don't know, more niche, but mm. in front of an audience, was there a feeling of like, will this work? Or did you all just go, no, this is funny, this is going to... We did all kind of sit there and go, this is, this is funny. And, yeah. it's, and it's, it, it's almost like Ben coming home in the sense of it being, it's, it's, it's his time period. Yeah. It's, you know, that Elizabethan... He's not that old, is he? Well, you know, <laughs> he's, he's, it's the monkey glands and the snake venom. I think yeah. that's, what, that's, what, yeah, that's yeah. what cuts it. You know, he's, yeah, the he's blackout, very... Blackout entre- thing, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very entrenched in that world and does it brilliantly and that kind yeah. of play on word and the tricksy language and the kind of word play mm-hmm. is very much to his forte and yeah. it's 
enormous fun to learn, difficult to learn at times. I bet, yeah. But you know, once it once it goes, you go there. This is this is great. I mean, I've spent Rob Browse and I would spend most of our time saying, "Oh, do you remember this quote?" and realizing it was Ben that written it, and you're going, <laughs> "Oh yeah, we have that." Is exactly it. Those quotes you put say in the playground. Yeah. And God, it's a barren, featureless desert out there. That's Ben. Yeah. That's that's what Ben is. That's not you. You haven't done that. That was that was his and writing. He lives in Australia now, right? Yeah, in yeah. Perth. Perth, right. six months of the year. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he'd ever come back and do stand-up again? I don't know. There are. I mean, he does do a little bit of the warm-up, which does is he? which is really exciting because you oh, can wow. and you can sense the audience going, "Oh, it's Ben Elton doing a bit of stand-up." Yeah. This, is, you know, this hasn't been seen. Double since seat, the, double seat. Oh, Gotta get a double seat. Yeah, ass. Yeah. You know, a lot of that. It's, you know, it's great. It's really great, and the audience really love it as it's such a kind of and rare he's probably, treat. You know, you could probably pull out some old Thatcher routines and just scribble out the name and put a different person's name in, and it still makes sense. They would love that. But <laughs> yeah. you know, farty here yeah. and there, great. Everyone would. <laughs> love that be all over it people will know you so I, I feel like a lot of the sort of people that listen to the show will know you from your sort of almost cult status now from toast of london mm. are there going to be any more toast of london we don't know no we don't know matt's doing i think he's doing a pilot at the moment i mean there's been mutterings but there's been mutterings yeah. for for years but nothing concrete nothing down nothing did you realize that your bits in that would become so like you know i've had people quote those bits back to yeah. me and did you get a feeling that that was going to happen no no not, no no when we did the pilot me and um shazad who plays clem honestly thought well well this will probably just be our little bit in the pilot we yeah. may get one or two other reps and that's that's kind that's kind of it it's become what it's become is quite kind of wow that's yeah. that's extraordinary do you get a lot so, of people come up to you for that a lot of people yeah. come up to me for that yeah. saying Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Never tires. <laughs> Never tires. We go, I'm just ordering a bagel. Why? why I just, yes, I can hear you. Yeah. I'm well aware. That's amazing. <laughs> In TV, when you pitch stuff to executives, they always will say, well, you, if it's about people at actors or people in the music business, or anything that's sort of too in, quote mm. unquote, in, they'll say, well, people won't get that. Mm. It's like it's too much of a sort of in joke. And you couldn't get more specific than voiceover work. And yet yes. people seem to really get also the pain that he goes through a lot yep. of the time as yep. well. And I mean, just, like, just us idiots just yeah. sitting there, just plying him yeah, with yeah. stuff. So, yeah, no, it's, it is enormous fun. I mean, we are literally locked in a dark room for a week. And so by the end of it, you do go crazy. I bet. You just think, yeah. I've got to see some daylight. This is insanity. It's tough, but, uh, Yeah, <laughs> it is tough going, one more time, Stephen. One more time. No more feeling, Stephen. Have you ever in that show left that room, been shot, uh, like filmed outside of that room, ever? I have been filmed once carrying the Commonwealth Games torch, running through a village in some very short shorts. And I think Clem was part of the Masons. Okay. And I think that's the only time we've ever been, you ever see our legs. <laughs> <laughs> they do have legs. They do. Um, my God. We've never met, right? No, no, no we haven't. We've no. never met, and which surprises me because I feel like I've, that was the beginning of a magic trick. You know, <laughs> no, we've never met. Can you confirm we've never met? So this is, uh, this is not premeditated. I feel like we would have done because you've, so you're doing so much comedy yeah but yeah. i know i sort of was aware of you before you mm. did a lot of comedy but was comedy always something that you were planning on doing or did it just sort of happen it did just kind of happen which is it's one of those things like i grew up my, my dad is a huge comedy fan so me growing up i was 
brought up on like Ealing comedies yeah. and carry-ons and things like that, which must have just seeped into my DNA. Yeah. As, even well, though, isn't it weird that kids like, like I loved carry-ons yeah, as a kid. they're like, absolutely great. Carry-on screaming is one of the greatest yeah. pieces of uh, comedy ever committed to celluloid. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And pure filth, but as a seven-year-old. Pure filth. Carry-on your convenience. I can't believe <laughs> anyone would let you watch that. But uh, it's great. It's yeah. absolutely great. But I think it just seeps into your very being. And then I went to drama school and thought, no, I should be a serious, I'm a serious actor. Yeah. Here is my Oof. Richard III. Uh, and most people say, well, that's very funny. I go, no, I'm being very serious. <laughs> my, my, my wife has died and I'm covered in blood. That's very funny. And so I think it's sometimes that kind of shift of going, well, I think, to be honest, that's where it all yeah. lies. There's nothing finer than going to work going, do my trousers fall off here or do yeah, they fall yeah. off after I've said the line? Yeah, What's yeah, funnier? Yeah. What is but funny? But were you ever offended that like people were sort of implying that you would be more suited to comedic roles or no not no. in the slightest because outside you of weren't that literally i was always doing a richard the third and I wasn't literally doing, yeah, yeah. Going, why is everyone in the room yeah. who left that door open <laughs> why am i in this bin yeah no <laughs> that I, went really dark that did go um, a bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i've always just embraced it i've always been that you know tried to be the funny one of yeah. the group and all that kind of thing so did you uh, was there on was there well. one show that's where you were like, oh, okay, where you really got to do... Because you did, like, dramas and, mm. and some soaps and things, didn't you? Yeah, you I were, did, and, yeah, and yeah. Did you enjoy those? I did. The time I was young, and you straight out of drama school, and when you're told, here's a fair whack of cash... Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, you got and, paid and in cash? Yeah, in yeah. cash. Here's a fair whack like, of cash. Here's a fair Will whack of cash. Will you play this role? <laughs> Don't look back, just keep walking <laughs> down to the river. What were the soaps you were in? Well, I was in Hollyoaks yeah. for about a year and a half. Okay, I do um, rem- I, I'm pretty sure I remember that. So yeah. they really did make you walk down to a river. And, they really did make yeah. you walk down to a river. I think. And then, and then you had a bang. There were so, so many things on that. I mean, I remember falling into a river. This was in January in like, the wilds of Cheshire. And they said, just jump in this river, which they just cracked the ice off and uh, said, now, what we want you to do here now, because uh, we haven't got much time. So if you could just duck down under the water, what? wait till the ripples have subsided and then come out. We were supposed to be doing a fight. So me and this poor other guy, a guy called Joe May, we were love rivals. We had to duck down in this icy river, feet sinking into the silt to then burst out, fight, 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 drag ourselves to the riverbank. We got so unbelievably ill. It I'm was not fucking surprised. It was, it was absolutely what ridiculous. What year was this? Is this, this is, pre-health and safety era? It, it must have. It, must have. it was like 19... I think it was 1999. Before, uh, well, before the millennium bug hit yeah. and everyone got a bit, uh, bit edgy. You got the bug. I can't believe people made you do that. I hope it was worth that big whack of cash oh, you got I, in a suitcase. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but they left it by the bank. Yeah. If you can survive this, you can have all this cash. <laughs> I do feel like, because obviously something like Holly Oates can get like knocked or whatever, but I feel like if you can do a show like that, and this is on the proviso that you can mm. still work afterwards, Yeah. I imagine it teaches you so much because of the speed at which you have to learn lines. And yeah. uh, I do know some people that have done soaps, and they're like, sometimes you get like texted your new lines, like oh, yeah. on the way to work and stuff. And oh, you're yeah. like, yeah. in a way, that must be not necessarily for the craft of acting, but certainly yeah. for like how you deal with the pressure of filming and mm. stuff. That must, yeah, it th- certainly teaches you to kind of learn lines quickly 
just not dwell on too many things, yeah. especially one that's a hold turnover, your breath like, hold your breath underwater, <laughs> wear good socks. Yeah. That's an absolute must. And did you get but, caught uh, up in the whole thing of like showbiz? Because isn't there like a whole showbiz scene when you in these shows that you go to certain nightclubs and... There was, yeah, there was. And it was in your 20s? And it was good fun, yeah, yeah early 20s, early 20s in a university town. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was great fun. And then something kind of kicks in to kind of go, but I want to tell different stories. Yeah. You know, that's why you want to do this job is you don't want to tell the same story. You want to kind of tell as many different things as possible and play as many different things as yeah, possible yeah. and work with people that, that you, you admire and respect and want to work with. Did you do theatre? Um, no. I haven't done much theatre, no. no. I think I've just kind of just been in TV. It's always been the medium that I've loved the most. I think it's because I just I was brought up on watching television yeah. and watching films. So you were just kind of... What was the first role you think that, mm, that made you think, oh, right, this is comedy. Maybe I should be pushing this a bit more or saying, get I, me more... I think it was the, the Royal Bodyguard. Yeah. which I did with David Jason. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time it was a proper comic role, quite slapsticky. Yeah. I'm working with someone who is an absolute legend, though, mm. is David Jason. I've worked and with worked with, him with uh, Sir yeah, David. Yeah. What did you work on with Sir David? I was actually in Only Fools and Horses. Oh, that's... For, uh, I said two lines in an episode. Oh. And got lots of royalty checks for about five years. See, that's glorious. Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. At an age where, like, you, when I'd opened the door and there was a check, that this is how far back, and it would be like, oh... Okay, that's the next two months sorted. That's glorious. Because obviously, you know, when you're 19 or 20 or whatever, that's you don't need as much money. So, like, I'd get a grand and it'd be like, oh, my God, I'm rich. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm buying a car. Yeah, and then getting into debt for the other 40 grand for the car. It's coming in any um, day now, any day now. But how, And how was it? Because I didn't really get to work with him in that, mm. in, in the way that hanging out on set and stuff. Mm. But, how was that? It was great. Yeah. He was great. And when it comes to something like slapstick, he's an absolute master. So because I was doing a lot more of the kind of falling over, getting up, getting covered in shit. Covered in shit a lot. Fell down a lot of holes. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just the art of that slapstick, of, of clowning, of yeah. kind of, which I'd never really... I'd done a little bit of it, but never really kind of looked into it as much as when working with someone that's, whose early career had been clowning. Yeah. And so that was absolutely Had he actually done that, like specifically clowning? Because that yeah. is a thing, yeah. isn't it? Very, very early work on some of the Frost reports and things yeah. like that. And some of his theatre work, his Ray Cooney stuff that he did, was all very, very yeah. slapstick. He's very famous for doing a scene where he had to jump over a sofa. And he's a little guy at the best of times, but he had to do this. And every time he made it look like he wasn't about to do it, he wasn't about to do it, and then would do it, and then would do it. And, yeah. then, and then obviously just wiped himself out. And he was very famous for being able to kind of fall yeah. over and get up very quick. Which I have discovered is also a talent I have. I can fall <laughs> over and get up very quick. Covered in blood. Stallone would be impressed with you. <laughs> That's his whole motto in life, is that speech he's, where he's like, it, life is about how many times you get knocked down and you get back up again. That's a terrible <laughs> Stallone impression. But, uh, so that was obviously the, the moment where you went, okay, this is cool. This. And then it feels like since then you've mm. pretty much... Yeah, um, I think that was that was the yeah. Th you got a lovely. Uh, I enjoyed your performance in um, Paddington, was, which was almost like a silent movie film star, <laughs> which it just plays to everything I adore. That yeah. sense of being a, a Victorian explorer out in the jungles, which was just. Is this something amazing. you're already interested in before you did that role? Yeah, massively, really, massively. Anything that was kind of about exploration or yeah, traveling in jungles and that kind of thing, and the kind of the, the that old school English abroad of come along. No, yeah. we we lost half of our porters. They all drown terribly, but I did shoot this beautiful bird. You which do I have now. quite a sort of old 
school vibe about you. I don't know if it's the tash, but even the way you talk and your mannerisms, you could be from another era, <laughs> exactly. I think. Yeah. I think so. I have a feel of that. My wife will say, yes, it's very strange how you will go in and try a suit on from the 1940s and it fits you perfectly with no alterations. You have a, even the figure is weird. of an old... Yeah. Old man. Because I cannot fit into any sort of vintage clothing at all. It just doesn't fit me. It's like it fits there, but then the arms are too short or the I don't something. Know, I don't know what that says about the breeding. But, <laughs> um, yeah. How do you that. find the fabric of old clothes as well? It's glorious. Really? It's heavy. Oh, I Anything find it too heavy. Itchy. No, I love that. Too, really? Love oh, that. I, really? I want something that kind of is like carrying a chair around with you. Just a thick, solid. You could go out in a snow I think snow maybe you blizzard. need to find out whether you were actually cryogenically frozen in so. the... 20s when it wouldn't have even I been so. invented. I, but, you, know. I, I, you know, you'd want to go up a mountain just in tweeds, that kind of thing. We're absolutely fine. <laughs> Smoke, smoking a pipe. Those people, how they did those sort of mountaineering and those, um, mm. you know, all, all the kind of exploring in those clothes that would yeah. have been so painful. Yeah, and heavy. As soon as they get and, wet, then yeah. they've been like, oh. And, and then, just, the, you know, you know what the weather's like in uh, England. As oh, soon as you, one minute it's cold, next minute it's hot, and you're in, you've got to take all so those As soon as it's on the turn. Well, they had like or, hundreds of porters that would go, yeah. I oh, need yeah, my yeah, shorts yeah. now. Could you, shorts could you, with Could you age. run them up? Yeah. Thanks awfully. Oh, you're so right, Philip. Someone needs to write you a spin-off from the Paddington movie so that you can get to be that guy, because I can see... I would, love, I would love that more than anything. So how, uh, how much longer is Upstart Crow on for? Is there a few more weeks? Uh, yeah, a few more weeks, and then there's a Christmas app. Oh, cool. Which is coming up, uh, obviously, at Christmas, yeah. as that's the traditional yeah, yeah, yeah. formerly yeah, Christmas app. They could surprise it and put it out at Easter or something. People would love that. Yeah. <laughs> there would be letters, but people would love it. Yeah, there probably would be letters, wouldn't there? <laughs> there Do would. people still write letters? I was horribly confused by this. I brought out all the Easter bunnies, and in fact... <laughs> It's actually December. Uh, my children um, were most put out. Do people actually write letters? Do you think? Are they Still, mu- they must do. Yeah, like not an email, ab- an actual letter. Yes, absolutely. Do you think they you will, do? They probably, will put pen to paper. You? I would. Lo- I would love to have the time <laughs> with a quill. <laughs> Before you, um, I was going to say rush off. You might not be rushing off. You might be just taking your time. Yeah, just, mo- just moseying. Yeah, moseying. Uh, what film have you picked for us? Have you, you've picked a film or a TV show. I don't, why don't you announce it rather than me? For, the, uh, for, for my guilty, for pleasure, guilty for pleasure. For my guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure. And if you want, you can preface this with something that you like that isn't a guilty pleasure so that people go, okay, he hasn't got terrible taste. <laughs> this <laughs> or, is this or, is pretty terrible yeah. taste at the, at the best. I can't even dress it up as anything else. Okay, it, it is just what it is. Okay. But it comes from, much as my kind of upbringing was a lot of eating comedy the other side of my upbringing was the sort of B movies that BBC Two would play late at night. Yeah, Videodrome. Videodrome. The yeah. early Cronenbergs, like Rabbit yeah. and Scanners and things like that. Okay. Cue the Winged Serpent. Things yeah. like that. Where you go, I don't know what the earth these things are but they are just it's, it's, the oddness the sheer oddness of them. comedy people really like these kinds of b-movie type mm. movies as well like something about humor and horror and yeah. cultiness that all sorts it, seems to it mix blends beautifully yeah. it blends beautifully and sometimes you just kind of get a real diamond that shouldn't be and you kind of look at it and question yourself that wow earth do I like this if I came across <laughs> this at any other point in my life I would just think I'll write yeah. this off and your choice is my choice is the 1986 absolute underground classic of Spookies slash Twisted Souls not even heard of this not many people have who's in it who directed it it was directed by two guys 
Originally, the film was called Twisted Souls, but they kind of ran out of money and there was some real kind of odd legal wranglings with things weren't released when they were, but they had like a portion of this film that ran for two and a half hours. And they said, well, we can't release a horror film that's two and a half hours. So they were sort of ousted and then someone another director was brought in with a completely different cast what and then they said okay we're gonna have to make this little bit of footage that we have work so you're gonna have to direct a whole load of actors and make these people fit into what we already have so they had sequences of people coming up to a haunted house monsters being in the house and then everyone dying classic but they said well it's not enough to kind of hang it all together so they added in the sorcerer who is living in the house and who has a werecat who dresses as a pirate in a gold lame suit and has whoa, a hook whoa. for a hand can you repeat that again a yeah. werecat who a werecat who dresses as a pirate and has a gold lame waistcoat and a hook for a hand <laughs> or a hook for a paw if I'm being totally <laughs> true to the correct uh, yeah. true to the authorship yeah. yeah oh my god unless it was a cat with a hand for a paw and then he lost the hand and then they yeah. had to put the hook they had to instead put the hook of the hand. it was yeah. Yeah, low budget <laughs> they just put a hook put a hook on that quick <laughs> which then became legendary talk on uh, on on shoots for years put a hook on that will you but the guy that did the, uh, the special effects for this after this film went on to do Terminator 2 hilariously enough there's some real extraordinary people that have kind of come from this can you see the genius of the man's work from Terminator 2 in some genuinely kind of quite haunting moments in amongst things like the spider woman that sucks a man completely dry in her web downstairs so that there's just like skin left it's just skin and it just goes down like a deflated balloon did you like this film at face value and then find out all this stuff yeah I did so it isn't because it's got all this amazing no, I, I just I was at drama school because I used to love that types of uh, mm-hmm. 80s almost video nasties so like the early work of like Stuart Gordon who did the, the reanimator films and Bride of Reanimator and From Beyond and things like that to uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis who did things like Blood Feast and things like that I would haunt the video stores the kind of independent stores mm. for these things and this was a Palace Pictures before Palace Pictures became defunct film and, the, and the, the cover was incredibly lurid with these two muck men as they are known who come out of a cellar floor and whenever they move they fart just because the producer at the time said that's funny so they are attacking people with I mean, pickaxes and, and they're farting all the way through it which is very funny but it just so, got me and I just thought this is what an extraordinary yeah. how on earth did this and could you tell, get made could you tell that it had been like botched together from these two different when, shoots when the first time I saw it not no. in the slightest wow not in the slightest if I wanted to see this would I look up Spookies or Twisted Spookies Souls? I think the and original has long been lost it stars we've got some details here Felix Ward who I don't I don't know who that is Maria Pachukas and Dan Scott yeah. directors Jeannie Joseph Eugenie yeah. Joseph and uh, Thomas Yeah, Durant. so Jeannie Joseph was brought in Hit. to direct the whole new set of actors, okay. which is in all the sequences with right. the uh, with the sorcerer for Spookies. That does remind me of my childhood going to the video shop and yeah. seeing all these films you'd not heard of, yeah. but were just mental. Yeah, just basically. absolutely extraordinary. It's in the same vein as Frankenhooker. <laughs> which is an absolute, yeah. absolute classic uh, of the genre. Well, we could do a whole other show on this. <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for coming in and chatting. It was lovely to finally meet you. I've enjoyed your work. Before we go off, will you explain why you have picked this song, which I actually used for one of my stand-up shows as a exit music. I'm a big fan, but why did you pick this? This is The Faces with Ooh La La. It's in one of my all-time favourite films. I'm a huge, huge Wes Anderson fan, and this is from Rushmore, and it's the, the finale of Rushmore mm-hmm. after every 
everything that's kind of been and gone. I even played this at my wedding. It's just full of joy and uplift, and it's one that if I hear, I will stop and I will listen to. And yeah, uh, yeah it's a, that's a, a great favourite. Are you as into Wes Anderson films as you were in the beginning? Because I'm a big fan. Yeah. But I feel like kind of want to see something different now. Again, there's another there's another family collection in that my soon-to-be brother-in-law has been one of the cinematographers on Isle of Dogs. The new Wes Anderson, yeah, so he's been working on that stop for the motion last one, yeah. yeah. So he's been working on that for the last year. So I've just been infused again with absolute excitement yeah. as he will show you uh, little photos going, Oh, this is what this is, and this is what this is. And you're going, Oh my god, that's really exciting. You're well but, connected, uh, aren't you? Well, it's only by marriage, as, <laughs> as, as you've noticed. Right, so, uh, but that's the way to do that's it. That's the way to that do it. That is the way to do it. You're a clever man. <laughs> so this is Ooh La La with Faces. Thank you, Tim, so much. Pleasure, thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.